From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. I'm Tammy Katzoff, and in each episode of this podcast, I talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, I spoke with Emily Rodriguez, class of 2015, who is a diversity recruiter at Goldman Sachs in New York. As I do with most of these interviews, I began the conversation by asking how and when Emily became interested in her occupation. Well, I actually became interested in the work that I'm doing when I was on campus at Muhlenberg. I was really involved in a lot of diversity efforts, so um, worked a lot through the Multicultural Center, just as I was part of the Emerging Leaders Program, so was heavily involved in mentoring and being a participant in that. Also connected with a lot of the administration, worked with President Helm back then on their diversity committee. So I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do when I left Muhlenberg, but I knew whatever I was going to do had to be diversity related. I was really focused on giving back to my community, the communities that I think reflect who I am and my beliefs. So that just so happens to be at Goldman Sachs right now, but it definitely wasn't part of the plan. Um, The plan was just always diversity focused. So you've been at Goldman Sachs for how long now? Um, I think it's like about four and a half years, um, coming up on five. I joined a little bit after I graduated. So not directly after school, but in 2015. So for those who might not know, what different things does your job entail? The majority of what I do is really myth busting. I think when it comes to how people of color, people from underrepresented groups, they don't necessarily think about Goldman Sachs as an opportunity for them. And if I'm being completely honest, when I first heard about this job and this opportunity, I didn't see myself in that role either, even though it had the title of you know diversity in it. I think when people hear Goldman Sachs, they think of a financial institution and oftentimes that may be off-putting for people who are not used to like corporate America, which was me coming from the Bronx, coming from New York and not really being exposed to that growing up. So I think a lot of my job is, you know, making sure that the opportunities that are available at Goldman are open to all and that it's marketed to a broad group of students so that they can see themselves at Goldman and ultimately get there. So I go to a lot of conferences, I work with a lot of partner organizations, and we host a lot of events that are targeted towards underrepresented groups um, and meant to help them learn about financial services, Goldman, um, and connect with people at the firm. Pre-pandemic, did you have a typical day at work? And, and if you did, what was that like? Pre-pandemic, I was working out of the New York office. Typical day is nine to five, but it definitely depends on the time of year. I would say the fall is super busy because it's I'm a recruiter and that's the height of the recruiting season. So I may come in at nine, but I may not leave at five. I may leave at six, seven, eight, depending on if it's the day before an event a week before an event, et cetera. I did a lot of traveling because I went to a lot of conferences that we partner with um, and a lot of schools. So I did have a lot of travel, you know, on the books for the spring and the summer and the fall. That's all kind of been put on pause right now. So mm-hmm. I think to jump into during COVID, Goldman and our team, my team is really looking into how do we um, translate what in-person recruiting looked like to be virtual. So not traveling as much, 
which is probably a good thing given the circumstance, but definitely still recruiting. How do you do your work now successfully? Yeah, I mean, technology is super important. I think, you know, all those kids who are studying computer science and learning different programming skills, kudos to you because it is 100% the future. I think um, we can't get anything done without being able to communicate and connect with people online now. And I think lucky for us, we did have a couple of programs and a couple of things in place that were already meant to be virtual so that they could reach students beyond just the typical universities that you would think Goldman would visit. So we did have some virtual programs already in place. So now it's just a matter of expanding them. But what that looks like is a lot of Zoom sessions, a lot of webinars, a lot of, you know, self-learning and and self-motivation that needs to come from the student's perspective, definitely. But just trying our best to connect with people, calling them, getting that face-to-face, even though it's not in person. So it's still a lot. You know, we're not going to conferences and we're not going to campuses, Mm -hmm. but we're definitely still reaching out to students and holding programs virtually to make sure they still get that access. So you've been at Goldman for almost five years, right? But it seems like now more than ever, diversity recruiting is super, super, super important. So, you know, in your time there, how have things changed or have they changed in the way that people are being recruited? And yeah. are there any new changes being instituted right now because of the state of our country right now? I will say that things are definitely changing, um, but I want to be clear that they have been changing since I joined the firm. And, you know, I think it's unfortunate everything that's happening right now, but I think um, as a lot of people of color, specifically those who are black, know this is nothing new. Um, it's just now it's becoming mainstream and you have more people who are aware of it. So unfortunately, like the, the state of our current situation is not new. And therefore, Goldman specifically said that commitment to diversity has something that's been ongoing since I've joined the firm. So we've definitely, our, my team has definitely grown and the initiatives around what we're doing have definitely grown as well. Um, but they have been prior to the past two, three months. What has changed is, and something that you can easily Google and find out, you know, on your own, is given the recent events that have happened in our country, Goldman has definitely been, which, you know, as an employee, I have been super excited to see and feel like, you know what, this is definitely a place that I can see myself working long term. It's been nice to see the response that Goldman has put out as it relates to racial equity and what steps they're going to put in place to help those in need or support communities that need help. And so as an employee, you know, I've been donating to different organizations and Goldman's been matching it. And it's just been, I've been having a lot of conversations internally with other employees and my manager and senior people at the firm who are just, you know, ready to listen and say, I want to understand this because I see that this is wrong and we need to get better. Um, and what resources can I put in place as a partner at the firm to like make it better? So definitely a lot of recent changes as it relates to racial equity in general, but as it relates to diversity recruiting, the firm has definitely been, been invested for a number of years now. And it is it's so different when I joined four or five years ago to now in terms of the size of the team, the work that I do, but it's fun. It's nice to put your passions to work. Do you see trends 
or upcoming changes in diversity recruiting that you are going to be a part of? I think there are going to be a lot of changes, not a lot of changes, but there are definitely going to be changes as it relates to diversity recruiting, I think, in the industry overall. Fortunately enough for a lot of nonprofits and organizations that work with underrepresented groups, I think a lot of corporate America companies are going to be looking to partner and looking to donate and support and kind of figure out how can we support these communities. At Goldman, this is something that we do already. I think the firm last year, um, last year or the year before, I believe it was last year, you know, our CEO came out with a public statement around aspirational goals and trying to make sure that we can have, you know, appropriate representation of black, Hispanic and women at the firm, at least within the Americas to kind of be similar to what our country is overall and the commitment to, you know, making sure that with, from a recruiting standpoint that we are building the pipeline and expanding this opportunity to all peoples. I think we are just going to continue that effort. I think at Goldman, I think regardless of everything that's happening, we know that diversity is important. I know that my job is important and I'm going to keep moving forward. I think the challenge is, is how do we create access virtually instead of in person? I do think that other companies who may not be as involved with diversity recruiting, and I can't speak for those companies because I don't work at them, but for those who may feel that they're not as in the loop, I can imagine that they will be doing a lot of outreach to organizations that they want to partner with that they think can help them, you know, build that pipeline. So this might seem like a weird question, but do you foresee a time where there might not be a need for diversity recruiting, or do you think that that's something that's just going to be ongoing? It's going to be ongoing, honestly. I think um, the beauty about diversity is right now there's a focus on, you know, ethnic diversity and gender diversity, socioeconomic diversity. But, you know, once we are at a place where we feel good about those things, then you have diversity of thoughts and diversity of thinking and perspective and, you know, all the things that come with making the best possible firm and the best possible place to, to work. Specifically at Goldman, I think we have clients, you know, we have people that we work with, we have businesses that we support. And in order to stay innovative, in order to continuing pushing the needle in the industry, we have to stay on top of perspective and we have to, you know, stay connected to the community. So I think diversity recruiting is at the forefront of that because we are constantly making sure that the pool of people that we're engaging with isn't stale. Hmm. We're constantly looking for where are we not recruiting? Where are we not present? Who are we not reaching is always the question we're asking. Instead of just looking at the data that we have and the people that we are engaging with, the question that we always have to ask is who are we not engaging and how do we reach those people? I think for Goldman, there will never not be a need for diversity recruiting. And I think honestly, generally, I don't think this is something that is going to go away. While I am hopeful that, you know, everything that's happening now will have a positive impact in our systems and society, and ideally we will move to a world where people feel less threatened to walk down the street or feel less discriminated against. Yes, obviously that is something I'm hopeful for, but I think diversity is always going to be something that we need and will never be irrelevant. Can you tell me about your team and the people that you work with directly? I love my team. My team is 
growing so fast. It's a global team. So I have a hard time remembering how many people are actually on it. Um, but I think within New York in general, there are about 12 people, I think. Um, it's a pretty big team. But generally, I'm obsessed with the people I work with. I think it's cliche to say that, you know, whenever people ask, you know, why do you stay at Goldman or why do you stay at your job? And then people say, it's the people. And everyone gets mad at that answer. So they're like, that's just a fake answer. You're lying. But it truly, truly is. I am actually currently not home. I am I'm from New York. I live in New Jersey. And I'm currently in Austin, Texas because I got stuck here after visiting our Dallas office pre-COVID. My roommate got sick, and so I didn't go back, you know, just to be safe. And I'm actually staying with someone who used to work on the diversity recruiting team with me in New York, Um, and then we just got super close, basically family now, and I've been here for the past four months. It's weird to think that we met each other at work because we're so close and it feels like the relationship has went so beyond co-workers. Um, it's amazing. And that's definitely not the only person that I feel similar um, in that way at work. Bowman really does pride itself in recruiting the best people. And I think with that, you just find people that you mesh with. You spend a lot of time at work. So you, you find your best friends and the people you want to hang out with even outside of work. And so I will say I'm definitely lucky in that I'm obsessed with the people that I work with in the most positive way. That's great. What do you see as the most challenging aspects of your work? And what do you see as the most rewarding aspects of your work? If those two things are different. I would say the most challenging is um, definitely that the bar is constantly moving up. And I think you see this when you go to college too. I, I used to talk a lot with my friends at Muhlenberg all the time that, you know, going to college is basically all the best people from their high schools all going to the same place to then compete to be the best at college. And so Goldman is similar in that it is a community of all the best people at their colleges, all the people who were like, I was really smart. I'm the person who, you know, raised my hand and, and like, had a hundred percent of my participation points or whatever. And, you know, the bar is constantly raising whenever we do something great, it's always like, okay, how can we make it better next year? And I think it really does help us stay innovative and on top of things and honestly a leader in the industry. So you can't necessarily be mad at it, but it definitely is a challenge at times because it feels like you're constantly pushing yourself and pushing yourself. And sometimes Sometimes you just want to break, but, you know, it all works out. And I think that leads to what is the most rewarding thing, because when we do push ourselves, the results are amazing. And I will say the thing that I love most about my job is definitely the programs that we host, you know, bringing in students from around the country to our offices and meeting them and spending, you know, two, three days with them and, you know, exposing them to Goldman and connecting them with people at the firm and then hearing them say, you know, I never thought I could work at Goldman, but now, like, I'm definitely going to apply. And I, I'm, I'm so glad that I, uh, you know, applied to this program. And I'm here and just hearing those snippets from candidates who were like me, who are like me, you know, come from similar backgrounds, first generation college student, you know, um, to say that I can see myself at Goldman is definitely worth all 
the, the hard work and the pushing the bar up and pushing the bar up. Given the fact that probably diversity recruiting is a growing industry, mm-hmm. can I, can I assume that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I've, I met with a lot of students who, who are interested in going into a human resources related type of career. So for the people who are listening, who might be just starting college or have graduated a while ago, want to make a career change, want to go into doing what you do, what recommendations or guidance would you give those people? Build your network. I found out about this job that I'm currently in because someone who was also a Muhlenberg alum who I didn't overlap with, but she was in the same sorority that I was in. Um, And so I knew her post-graduation and she, you know, knew I had an interest in diversity and knew um, that I was looking and so said, Hey, there's a role you should look into it. And so that was just my introduction. I honestly don't think I'd be in this role if it wasn't for her opening that door. I definitely got myself through the door. So building your network isn't the only thing that you need. Like you need to have people who are going to expose you to opportunities, but then you also need to have the merit and the skills to be able to ace an interview and get through it and do well at the job. So I would say definitely building your network. If there's an industry or there's a certain job that you're interested in, I would start thinking about who can connect you to people in that industry now so you can start building those relationships organically versus scrambling the end to cold email 18 professionals that you found on LinkedIn. Works for some, doesn't work for most, I can tell you. And then I would say start thinking about what skill sets you want to have that you don't currently have. I think a lot of people underestimate the power of Excel. Even if you're not doing programming, you need to be at least decent in Excel. It's something that stands out on a resume nowadays. Everyone is looking into data analytics, um, regardless of whether or not you're on a tech team or not. So I would think about what transferable skills do I have? Does my resume show that I'm a good communicator and I work well on the team and I'm analytical and I have leadership skills. Like those are the things that you want to show. And if you can't show that through clubs and organizations because you have a full-time job, that's okay too. You can show those things through a full-time job. I think a lot of people think if I'm not part of 18 clubs, I'm not going to get the job that I want. There is no minimum club requirement. We look for skill sets. We're looking for the people who can show that you work well on a team, that you're a good communicator. If you're looking to do more events-based things, that you have some event management skills, take a second to audit the things that you're interested in and then look at your resume and think, okay, if I was a recruiter for this thing, can I see the skill sets needed for this role? And if the answer is no, then you need to think about like what you can be doing now to build that before you apply for the job that you want. But definitely start building your network because it's easy to have a conversation with people who are in those roles. So you can start getting an understanding of what skill sets are actually needed. I'm going to wrap up with one last question. Is there a thing that you wish you knew on your very first day at Goldman Sachs that you know now? I would say there's two things. One, I wish I knew Excel was important. (laughs) To, To reiterate my last point, definitely learn Excel. The second thing I wish I knew or at least I wish I believed, was that I belonged. I think I struggled a lot with imposter syndrome when I first came to Goldman. 
And for those of you who don't know what that means, it means I was there, but I felt like I didn't belong and I felt like I was the wrong person for the job. Mm. And that goes back to being, you know, I'm a first generation college student. Nobody in my family before has worked in corporate America. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And I'm a Hispanic woman coming into this, what I think is a super white firm. And over my time, through my time at Bowman, I've learned that I definitely do belong. I definitely have opinions and perspectives that are value add. And yeah, I'm a Hispanic woman and there are a lot of other Hispanic women. And so I'm just going to go to work every day and kill it. I wish I had the same confidence the first day. But again, through my job, I think one of the things I want to accomplish is to make sure that I can kind of reduce the amount of imposter syndrome that people after me have when they join. This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by me, Tammy Katzoff, Associate Director of the Muhlenberg College Career Center. It was recorded remotely and engineered by Paul Kremposky at the studios of WMUH, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band.